Welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of political commentary, an anti-conservative movement, call-in radio show. And the topic for this June 7th, 2022, is Secular Democrats of Nebraska, with guest, Chair of Secular Democrats of Nebraska, Rachel Walter. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Brian. And how uh, are things going with uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska? We're doing really well. We have a lot planned for the month. We are starting the presentations that we give to county chairs um, and to any county parties. We are also working with the national group, and we are very excited to help change the way people think about secular voters especially in the state of Nebraska and other red states. Have uh, contact information. Have on Twitter, Secular Dems of NE. And on Facebook, uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska Discussion Group, which is a private group. And then there's Secular Democrats of America on Facebook, which uh, says about them. This is a collaborative forum for secular Democrats to organize, discuss, and share ideas to advance a secular agenda within the Democratic Party. Our mission is to increase visibility and respect for non-theistic voters within the Democratic Party by developing a strong coalition of individuals prepared to advocate for the separation of church and state within the party. The goal of this group is to facilitate the submission of secular planks, resolutions at the state level, form secular caucuses, auxiliary groups, find ways to create a space for non-religious candidates within the party, and educate the parties about the largest and fastest growing constituency of religiously unaffiliated Americans, their secular values, and the issues important to them. Now, I listed this topic as uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska with guest Rachel Walter. I noticed you listed it as Secular Voters and the Changing Demographics of the Democratic Party. Could you tell us about the changing demographics of the Democratic Party? Certainly. When we look at the polls and the studies that are done on the non-religious, there are two types of ways that the non-religious are grouped. They are self-identified. And when we look at those who are self-identified versus the seven options that are typically given, so the seven options are evangelical, Catholic, Protestant, Buddhist, Jewish, Islam, and none or other. Um, they give some definition of those. Most people don't choose the none or other, but when they're allowed to self-identify, because there are options like spiritual but not religious, um, there are options atheist, agnostic, questioning, not affiliated, etc. When you have multiple options to choose from, the numbers change quite drastically. So when we have studies where they put you in the group that you're in, we see about one in three Americans are now non-affiliated and that would be about one in three Democrats is what I meant to say. It's one in four Americans and one in three registered Democrats. But when you look at folks who self-identify and are able to choose an option that is non-religious, that number goes up. It goes to about one in three Americans and about four Point two out of 10 Democrats. So about 42% of registered Democrats are under the none category. And nuns include um, the non-theistic, the non-religious, the not affiliated, none of the above, and their allies. I see in the graphic it compares 2006 to 2020. Mm -hmm. And in 2006 was uh, 4% of Republicans, 9% of Democrats who were unaffiliated. 
and that number has grown for both parties over time to, in 2020, 13% Republicans unaffiliated and 23% Democrats unaffiliated. And I believe that's the Pew, the Pew study there? Yes. Uh, oops, I went past it. Yes, it says uh, Pew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Pew is one of the groups that puts you in the group rather than letting you self-affiliate. And when we look at the secular surveys, when we look at Ryan Burge's work, and we look at other folks who are allowing self-identification, uh, that number is 19% of Republicans, uh, 43% of independents, and 42% of registered Democrats. Yes, the source here is uh, Pew uh, Survey American and uh, American Values Atlas. Mm-hmm. And Pew does great work. I just wish that they would uh, allow more self-identification and more options for folks to choose. And uh, how long has uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska and uh, Secular Democrats of America been around? Secular Democrats of Nebraska has been around for just over four years. We became an official party caucus in 2018, and then we were made into a council. Uh, the councils are for issues-oriented and rather than constituency or demographics, and we were downgraded in 2020, um, but we have continued to do our work. Secular Democrats of America, I believe, is a year or two older. And we were the second group in the country to be accepted into a party as a, a affiliated caucus. And at this time, we are the only one in the country. Now, it says uh, down here. Oh, yes. That, uh, this is from any Dems under slash welcome to the party dot PDF. Don't maneuver on PDFs much. So that's why I'm sometimes jumping around depending on which I use. It says uh, secular values align with the Democratic platform. Uh, opinion on abortion percent saying abortion should be legal in uh, all or most cases or illegal in all or most cases, then uh, homosexuality in society, percent saying homosexuality should be accepted or discouraged by society, and opinion on same-sex marriage, uh, favor or oppose. We are in favor of all of those. Uh, overwhelmingly, uh, when it comes to a person's right to choose over their bodily autonomy, uh, there is... Atheists and agnostics are in the 90s. When you look at all the nuns, it's like 89.5%, I believe. And when it comes to issues of sexual orientation or gender identity, it's very high up there as well. I don't know the numbers right off the top of my head. I can pull out my own. Seems that uh, white evangelical Protestants are the most opposed to all those things. Yes. In the various category which I know is shocking it says uh, key issues education climate crisis civil rights scientific integrity health care protecting children and minors and military and national character mm -hmm. and uh, how we're mobilizing secular voters educate candidates on the nuns that would be those uh, not professing a faith, uh, provide resources and platform language for candidates to include nuns, non-nuns, not nuns. Uh, it's nuns, N-O-N-E-S, <clears throat> not N-U-N-S. Yes, yes. Partner with non-religious groups to seek out those in the non-religious community to run for office, canvas, text, phone banks, postcards, fundraise for secular candidates, invite candidates to speak with uh, secular Dems. And then it uh, lists how you can get involved, uh, join Secular Democrats of Nebraska, engage candidates and elected officials, join the Nebraska Any State SCC Party as a delegate, uh, volunteer, design t-shirts, website support, 
uh, NDP block captain, mm-hmm. uh, host fundraiser for candidates in support with uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska, text, phone bank, canvas, write postcards, and then uh, has contact information here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, are the plans for the future? What are you working on right now? What we're working on right now is we are hoping to partner with Lancaster County, uh, the party. We have spoken with the county chair about doing a fundraiser. It's just in the planning stages, so I don't want to give too much information, but there will be dogs, which if anyone has met me knows that that is one of the best parts about me. But we're hoping to call it In Dog We Trust and hoping to have things like a kissing booth where you can kiss a dog for a dollar and other fundraising opportunities for both the county party and secular Democrats of Nebraska so that we can get out and do more for the candidates that are upholding the separation of church and state and really maintaining that wall between the the religious and the, the legislatures. What we need right now is we need to do everything we can to support those candidates who are supporting re- freedom of religion and freedom from religion. And that's what I would love to see more of. I would love to see more freedom from religion in the state of Nebraska, especially. We're seeing a lot of really reactionary bills being proposed. I was able to speak at the legislature and we were able to get bite back a couple of those bills before they were introduced to the floor. And what we intend to keep doing is that kind of work, going out into the community, speaking to the legislature. I every year propose that we have a secular day for the state. Uh, It has not yet been approved by the governor, but I still put it in every year. And I will just continue to reach out to politicians, legislators, and point out where they can be more inclusive in their language. On On the Nebraska, I'm sorry, Secular Democrats of Nebraska Facebook page versus the discussion group, we do have platform language for any candidates who are running for any position to be more inclusive and it's a simple switch you just change freedom of and freedom from religion and upholding religious plurality and um, for those of all faiths and no faiths from the seculardems.org that's Mm -hmm. the website for the national organization seculardems.org key issues. Uh, The following represent the secular Democrats of America's position on various issues as they intersect with secularism and religious freedom. Uh, Member caucuses may take additional positions on issues not included here independently of SDA and has uh, education. We oppose vouchers and all voucher-like schemes. We support universal access to a quality secular education. We oppose the manipulation of public schools to advance sectarian religious agendas. We support inclusive school environments that respect and celebrate pluralism and foster curiosity among students about beliefs and perspectives different from their own. Yes, 100%. We are in support of public schools. We are huge fans of the right to every student to have the equal right to an education. Voucher systems are a way around using the public school system, and it's a way to get taxpayer funding for charter schools and for religious schools. Um, It also takes away the funding and the resources for those students who really need it the most. Uh, One of the things that we have seen in recent years is we do see groups coming into schools doing after-school programs. Um, There's a group, the Evangelical... um, it's, It's a group that comes in and tries to evangelize to children knowing that they are a very vulnerable population. And it's important that we give 
everybody the tools to make their own choices rather than to be indoctrinated into a belief system rather than being given the choice of whether or not they choose to be a religious or non-religious person. I've read stories about that. Uh, children at public schools mm-hmm. taken to an auditorium and then uh, without knowing uh, that it was going to be happening, indoctrinated. Yep. And uh, Yeah, it's... it's more and more there, like I said, there's a, a whole group here in Nebraska. Um, and I can't remember what the exact name is it. It's uh, child evangelical group, something like that. I know Cindy Lamb is a board member on it, but it's incredibly harmful because they have actually said multiple times that if you don't get them when they're young, you're not going to get them. So they know that what they're doing is indoctrination and what they're doing is ensuring that these children don't have a choice about whether or not they choose to be in a religious environment. And so it's really important that we make sure that kids are given, if not the choice to to not be involved in that, then they're given the mental capacity and the tools intellectually to ask critical questions and know that whenever they are presented with something of that nature, that they have the right to ask questions. And that is something that I feel that when it comes to public education, we really need to be teaching critical thinking skills. Well, assemblies for religious indoctrination in public schools are... uh not allowed. They're not allowed. Um, and that's why most of these are after school programs. So they are able to skirt that issue because many of the students that are involved in these programs come from lower income where parents will sign them up because they can't afford maybe after school care. Um, and these groups are well aware of it. And yeah, these kids are indoctrinated. They're taking taken into field trips that are incredibly religiously oriented um, and incredibly biased against any other faith tradition. So even if a child happens to be living in a Muslim household and the family can't afford after-school care, so they let them go to this child evangelical group, now their family is being demonized in these groups because it is a very evangelical a white national Christian kind of belief system that's being pushed on them. I was going to get to some of the other issues from uh, seculardems.org, but speaking of Christian nationalism, there's an article I wanted to uh, read part of. This is from wonket.com, a favorite source of the show, and myself. MTG, that's uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, just wants to force everyone to practice Christianity. Is That So Wrong? This is by Robin Panaccia from June 4th, 2022. Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks Christian nationalism has gotten a bad rap. In a video she posted sometime this week and shared by Right Wing Watch yesterday, Greene shared her thoughts on how, quote, the media is trying to scare people about Christian nationalism instead of considering the many potential joys of forcibly converting the entire nation to Christianity. Specifically, she believes that establishmentarianism could solve many of the problems everyone recognizes we have, like, quote, school shootings and the crime in our streets, as well as stupid and non-existent problems like sexual immorality and whatever else she's been on about lately. From Right Wing Watch, it says Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says that Christian nationalism is nothing to fear because it's the only thing that can stop school shootings, crime, and sexual immorality, declaring that anyone who opposes it is a domestic terrorist. Quote, If Christian nationalism is something to be scared of, they're lying to you, and they're lying to you on purpose because that is exactly the temperature change that is happening in America today, and they can't control it, they can't control it, and that's what terrifies them the most. Green said. And she's not wrong. It's absolutely terrifying that people in office in the United States of America 
are not only embracing an explicitly fascist and oppressive ideology, but one that so directly violates the very first part of the First Amendment of our Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Yes, um, there's a lot uh, to unpack there. I do not want to live in a country where any religion is forced. I don't want to live in a country where any non-religion is forced. I believe everyone should be allowed to make their own choice when it comes to religious plurality, religious um, whether they choose to believe or they choose not to believe. And when it comes to what she's saying, um, we know very well that taking God was never taken out of schools. God, you whenever you have a test, kids are there praying. What was taken out of schools was a forced religious test, um, forcing children and teachers to partake in a religious observance, whether they chose to, whether they wanted to or not, whether it was their religious tradition or observance. And that's a problem across. That's a problem we still see. We still see prayer in places like congressional floor, at Democratic Party meetings, at Republican Party meetings, the prayer breakfasts, all of that is problematic on many other levels. But what she is saying is she is putting not Christianity, but her version of Christianity, the, the Christianity that she wants folks to believe in. And one would have to wonder what exactly she would do if other Christians uh, did not agree with her. And, yeah. Well, she, there is an agenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more thing from the article. According to the Andrew Whitehead and Samuel Perry, the authors of Taking Back America for God, Christian Nationalism in the United States, the ideology can be summed up by the following six tenets. The federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation. The federal government should advocate Christian values. The federal government should not enforce the strict separation of church and state. The federal government should allow religious symbols in public spaces. The success of the United States is part of God's plan. And the federal government should allow prayer in public schools. Again, prayer is completely allowed in public schools as long as it is a student who chooses to do it and it's not an administrator, a teacher, an adult who is leading and starting the practice. Or or a coach. Or a coach, yeah. Uh, The pray-to-play situation. And again, there are so many flavors of Christianity. I, I know a lot of Christians don't consider Catholics to be Christian. Um, a lot of the evangelical Christians don't believe that. Well, I know Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't. She is... Uh, yeah, which is why I brought so. that up. Um, and they don't. some of them don't consider Mormons to be Christians. They don't consider Jehovah's Witnesses to be Christians. There are a lot of sex and different groups that mainstream Protestant Protestantism doesn't consider as quote unquote real Christianity. So everything she said is wrong. Obviously it's Marjorie Taylor Crean. Um, she is afraid of the gazpacho police and peach meat being grown in peach tree dishes. So I don't take a lot of what she says with any um, I, I don't believe she knows what she's talking about, but the fact that she is an elected leader and she is espousing this kind of really hurtful, hateful rhetoric that can get people killed, that is something that we need to look at. There are not that many sec- out and secular um, people running for office anymore. Um and a lot of them don't out of fear. It's kind of scary right now to be an out atheist or to be an out non-religious person in certain parts of the country. Well, I want to get to a bit more of the uh, key issues. Mm-hmm. So on civil rights uh, from seculardems.org, the uh, Secular Democrats of America website, 
Uh, we oppose religious exemptions to laws pertaining to public health and safety. We oppose religious exemptions to non-discrimination laws that deny people, particularly LGBTQ people, single mothers and religious minorities, their dignity and rights in employment, housing and public accommodations. We support the right of the government to require any religiously affiliated entity seeking government funding contracts or tax breaks to be held equally accountable to secular entities, and we oppose all religious litmus tests. There should be no religious test for running for office, for being considered American enough, for becoming an American citizen, or for visiting the United States. 100%. One of the things that we're seeing a lot with these laws that are being passed, and we've seen them in Nebraska, uh, the religious freedom bills that I, one of the ones that I testified against was brought up by anti-maskers and it's built under religious freedom, but it's, it, there's no way to question anybody's veracity when it comes to their religious freedom. But, um, other things that are mentioned in that we don't believe at all that anyone has the right to tell you you're not who you are. So if you need medical attention, you get that medical attention. If you need gender affirmation medication, you get that gender affirmation medication. You get that surgery. We believe that you know yourself better than anyone else does. And we do everything we can to support the people of faith and of no faith. But when it comes to groups that are getting public funding, one of the things that we're seeing a lot are in adoption cases. Like right now, there's a case that American Atheist is working on um, about a family who was secular who wanted to adopt and they were turned down because the private adoption group says the mothers want children raised in a religious household. But I would think parents giving up their children would just want their children raised in a loving background, but it doesn't matter if you're getting state funding, you shouldn't be allowed to say, we don't approve of your lifestyle. We don't approve of your beliefs. And therefore with all these children needing families, you don't get to have them. We have 800,000 children in foster care. And if somebody wants to adopt them and is a good family and can support them and give them the nurturing that they need, it shouldn't matter whether they're religious or not. Well, if you listen to the right-wing uh, Protestant religious station on the FM, which I know I do, bought radio at 88.5, you'll know that it's high on their agenda, the religious freedom bills and having them go to the Supreme Court in hopes of being declared to be above the law that uh, others must follow. That's what happened with Roe. Uh, that they kept pushing that envelope as far as they could, hoping that it would get to the Supreme Court. And we're seeing what's happening. There's going to be a lot more of those kinds of, of laws being pushed and of those kinds of laws being uh, introduced. We see a lot of the anti-trans Rules And one of the things I, I just have to always crack up when I see this is when people talk about who's in the bathroom. My The bathrooms in my house are, are all non-gendered. I don't care who's using my bathroom. I'm just glad that they're using the bathroom and not my front yard. But when they take their these same people who are afraid that a transgender person is in the stall next to them will take their 10-year-old child into the restroom with them... Um, and it just cracks me up because if it's not okay, why is that okay? But there's me just going off on a tangent. Uh, we have uh, Rachel Walter, the chair of Secular Democrats of Nebraska in the studio, with the topic being Secular Democrats of Nebraska. And the phone number is 402-474-5086 if you'd like to call in. Uh, and uh, this is uh, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD 89.3 FM, KZUM.org online.
save the song for the end. That sounds great to me. Okay. I was going to play a song, but I'm going to save it to the end. Okay. Uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska with uh, Chair Rachel Walter uh, talked a bit about the changing demographics. There's uh, an article I'm going to read a bit of, uh, see what you think of it. This is from theatlantic.com by Peter Beinart. Uh, Secular Democrats are the new normal. Instead of invoking God, O'Rourke and most other Democratic contenders identify religion as a source of division. And this is from uh, primary season, March 15th, 2019. Uh, Were a Democrat from the Clinton, Bush, or Obama eras to watch the presidential announcement video that Beto O'Rourke released on Thursday, they would likely be struck by how it ended, or more specifically, by how it didn't end. <clears throat> O'Rourke didn't close with any mention of God. Oh, it looks like uh, have a phone call. KZUM, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, well, they hung up. All right. Okay, until recently, farewells that invoke God uh, were standard fare for Democratic and Republican candidates alike. Bill Clinton ended his 1992 convention speech with the words, God bless you and God bless America, at the 1996 convention. Okay. KZUM, you're on the air. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'd like to say thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you for having uh, Rachel on and everything. I think that's awesome. I think it's great. Um, I was just wondering. Uh, I, I just, I was just wondering how how you felt. I mean, I know how you feel about like these. Uh, every time they bring it up in the news, they talk about uh, uh, spending money uh, for religious schools and stuff like that, and that that always kind of bugs me. Uh, I think one year they were talking about using public tax dollars to fund playground equipment uh, for religious uh, schools. And I thought to myself, well, who's, you know, will the public get to use that equipment? You know, I mean, usually they fence off those areas or they don't allow the public to use that stuff. Um, that stuff kind of bothers me. And when you're talking about uh, religious after-school activities, uh, I, I have seen that. Uh, I worked at a school uh, where I've seen that. Um, where uh, a group would come from a, a, a religious school uh, because their school wasn't doing too well, uh, you know, or they'd show up to the public school and they would use the, uh, well, they wouldn't necessarily be inside the building. Sometimes they'd be outside the building. They'd have a microphone and a speaker and they'd be sharing religious stories uh, to public school students after school. And I, I kind of looked at it two different ways. One, it kind of seemed like they were trying to spread their message and their ideology. And then the other way I looked at it was, well, a lot of these religious students are coming into a public school. They get to experience and see what a public school is like. So I kind of thought that was a good thing and kind of a bad thing. But uh, anyways, yeah, I just was wondering how you felt about public tax dollars going to uh, religious schools. That's all. Thank you. I thank you so much. It was wonderful to speak with you. I don't think uh, any tax dollars should go to private or religious schools. I think they have tuition, and the tuition is, in many cases, quite enough to support the staff, the building, and any uh, playground equipment that they would want. And if they want to participate in a... If they want to get taxpayer dollars, then they need to follow the same rules as every other public school and teach the same curriculum... Otherwise, I don't think they should get a penny. Yes, in the uh, key issues section on uh, education. Yeah, we went through the education mm -hmm. section. Yeah, that's something that, looking at the candidates' positions in the primary, all the Republican candidates were for uh, aid to uh, private schools. Yeah, I was going to go back to the article a bit. Uh, it says, uh, The percentage of white Democrats who express no religious affiliation has skyrocketed. According to unpublished data tabulated last year by the Public Religion Research Institute, 8% of white Democrats expressed no religious affiliation 
in 1990. By 2016, the figure was 33%. In 1990, white self-described liberals were 39 points more likely to describe themselves as Protestant than as religiously unaffiliated. By 2016, religiously unaffiliated beat Protestant by nine points. Secular Democrats haven't only grown more numerous, they've also become some of the party's most motivated activists. As the Atlantic's Emma Green has noticed, a, a PRRI poll taken last August and September found that Democrats who shun organized religion were more than twice as likely to have attended a political rally in the previous year than Democrats who identify with a religious group. Today's Democratic candidates cannot simply assert, as Obama did in 2004, that, quote, we worship an awesome God in the blue states because so many active Democrats do not. The other reason liberal candidates more often describe religion as a source of division is the rise of Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. Before Donald Trump, Republican religious discourse was more ecumenical. The 2000 Republican convention featured a Muslim prayer, and George W. Bush regularly spoke about Americans who attended a, quote, church, synagogue, or mosque. In such an environment, it was easier for Democrats to depict an America divided by race, class, and gender, but unified by religious faith, even if different Americans expressed that faith in different ways. Today, by contrast, since more Americans don't practice a religion and the president demonizes some of those who do, it's more natural to describe religion as a rift to be overcome. But while there are legitimate reasons to talk about religion less, America has become a less religious country, and to describe it more negatively, religious bigotry has arisen sharply. And I'll just leave off there. I would agree with all of that. I see a lot of people who are religiously unaffiliated who, when you look at the numbers, atheists and agnostics are the most politically active. We, when you look at just what we do, we vote in like 89% of every election. So 89% of atheists and agnostics are voting in every primary, every special election, every presidential year. Um, The more than, I think it was the highest percentage of any quote unquote religious group. We hate being called a religious group if we're not, if we're non-theist. Um, participated in Black Lives Matter rallies. We give more money. Um, We do more phone calls. We actually are one of the most politically motivated and politically active groups in the country. And the problem that we're seeing when it comes to the Democratic Party is we have a lot of party members who are now registering as independent because of the religious overtones that they're seeing in the Democratic Party. They'll still vote along the Democratic lines. They'll still help the Democratic candidates. They'll still give money to them, but they don't want to be affiliated with the party as a registered Democrat. And one of the things we really have to do is let folks know that we are going to change these things that are are causing those divisions. We want secular people to know that their issues are our issues and that inclusion is something that we are definitely working toward in all regards. And I I think we're in Nebraska. I think we're getting there. I am very active on Facebook. I'm very active uh, reaching out and trying to to reach out to those who I know who have, have left and registered as independent trying to get them back into the fold, uh, trying to get them involved in any way we can. And I like to think I've made a difference in the last three years um, that I've been the chair of the Secular Democrats of Nebraska. I'm just really grateful to all the Democrats in Nebraska, um, but to the 25% of the nuns in Nebraska, you have really made a difference. And I appreciate every one of them. I just want to throw that out there. To everyone listening. I want to give the contact information again uh, for uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska. 
uh, on Facebook and uh, Secular Democrats of America being the public Facebook page, the Secular, De Secular Democrats of Nebraska being a private uh, invitation page. Then there's uh, on Twitter, uh, at Secular Dems of N.E., at Secular Dems of N.E., uh, how's things going on Twitter? Is that very active? I never get on there myself. You know, I, I'm i not the only one who handles the, the Twitter page. Um, there are times when we, when we get pretty busy on there and other times where we may not post or retweet for a couple of weeks. Um, I would also like to throw out our link tree. It is link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash secular Dems of N-E. On there, we have a ton of articles that link back to everything we're talking about, all of the demographic information. In case I have any gotten anything incorrect, you can fact check me there. Um, we have our donation page um, so that we can, again, help secular candidates so we can help secular voters get out and get signs if we... My goal is someday we're going to be able to get a van and help people get to the polls. That's my goal uh, in the future. But we try to stay busy. We try to stay active and we try to stay relevant. See some of the other contact information uh, from the website, uh, seculardems.org for Secular Democrats of America. And it has a resources section where there's... Uh, polling data, uh, reports, articles, uh, Secularism 101, uh, book recommendations, and uh, articles and reports. Oh, elected officials also. Uh, <coughs> Association of State Elected Officials. Uh, the association uh, was established in 2020 to network openly non-religious elected officials at all levels of government. It was founded by Leonard uh, Preser, an atheist school board member in Fayetteville, Georgia, and the Congressional Free Thought Caucus, founded in 2018 by Representatives Huffman, Raskin, Kildee, and McNerney. It has grown to include more than a dozen members of Congress and taken the lead on issues impacting religious freedom, scientific integrity, discrimination toward non-theists, uh, Congressman Raskin, who identifies as Jewish and a humanist, and Congressman Huffman, who identifies as a humanist, co-chair the caucus. It has uh, candidates and candidate training and uh, contact information. One of the things that I always want folks to understand is that there is a difference between personal secular and institutional secular. So... When we talk about secularism, a lot of folks immediately think um, atheist, agnostic, humanist, secular Jew, uh, those folks that are not religiously affiliated in any way, shape, or form. And when it comes to institutional, like how we are, we are secular Democrats. We are very much um, welcoming of all faith traditions in an ally capacity. Um, when it comes to who secular... Democrats of America are. We represent every age um, from the silent generation to exennials um, and I'm sorry to the to the Zoomers or what are they called now? The Gen Z's. Um, we represent every gender identity, every sexual identity, every race, every religious tradition, every ability or disability, every um, military group. If you can think of a demographic, we represent them because there is no demographic that is free from secularism. And what we really push for as secular Democrats is that separation of church and state and maintaining um, religious freedom and religious and freedom from religion. And when it comes to who we are, that's what we that's who we are. We are the non-religious, the non-theists the non-affiliated, allies, and none of the above. And then can I kind of go over the difference between religious privilege, supremacy, and white nationalism? Well, of course. Okay. So one of the things that I, I feel folks don't really understand is there's religious privilege and how I think of this as 
you move into a new neighborhood and your neighbor asks you, what religion are you? It's a, they just assume through religious privilege that you are also a religious person. Religious supremacy is you move into that neighborhood and they ask you which church you go to because they're sure you're a Christian and most Christians go to churches. Um, Jewish folks go to temples, Muslims go to mosques. Um, And then religious nationalism, Christian nationalism is what we're seeing quite a bit of right now and that is the forced religious uh, conversion or the immersion of religion into every aspect of a culture. It's the precursor to a theocracy. And so we need to combat what's happening. And that's why we are here and why we are reaching out to anyone in the state who wants to be a part of us. Because this is affecting the entire country. Again, reading from the... uh any dems under slash welcome to the party dot pdf uh are you agnostic uh, atheist humanist or just generally non-religious are you an ally of faith who supports non-religious inclusion separation of church and state and evidence-based policy and Secular Democrats of Nebraska is a safe space for you. Our mission, we advocate for secular governance, promote respect and inclusion of non-religious Americans, and mobilize non-religious voters. And in defining terms, says uh, non, nons, N-O-N-E-S, religiously unaffiliated, atheist, atheist versus agnostic, humanist, non-theistic religions, uh, humanistic Judaism, <coughs> ethical culture, uh, univer- Unitarian Universalist humanists, secular identities versus secular institutions, religious privilege, Christian privilege, Christian nationalism. Uh, you defined some of those. Are there any, any you'd, you'd want to add to? So ethical culture is one that I feel like a is maybe not understood. Ethical culture is that you can be ethical without or, and moral without religion. Um, secular humanism. Uh, there are many different definitions that people can use. Humanism is the belief that humans are inherently good with or without any basis of religion. Secular, you can be a secular religious person. Um, there are a lot of... of Secular Judaism is one that comes to mind. Um, Universal Unitarianism is a secular religion. Um, They may believe in a higher power, but they're not preaching from any particular religious tradition. Uh, So there are a lot of really great community options out there for people who are looking for a community, and maybe they don't have an atheist group in their community. Maybe they don't have a humanist group in their community, but they want to be a part of a community. Um, there are several groups in Nebraska that are community-based, but Unitarians, the Unitarian Church has been a wonderful advocate, a wonderful resource, and a wonderful ally to secular Democrats and secular Nebraskans, I should say. They're not politically affiliated, but they have been a really wonderful group to work with. In the last five minutes, could mm-hmm. you tell us... Uh, what people could do to help. Yes. So we are, well, first off, if you want to go to our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash secular Dems of N-E, you can donate so we can help other candidates. But most importantly, it is imperative that we get Democrats elected. So If you can phone bank, if you can text bank, if you can write postcards, if you can go to an event, if you can help a candidate in your area, um, Carol Blood, Tony Vargas, Patty Panzing Brooks, Carol Blood at the state level, but getting out there and helping get Democrats elected. And next time when we have positions available to run for, run for it. 
we have so many people. Marjorie Taylor Greene got elected. For heaven's sakes, that woman is not qualified for anything. And so whenever you're thinking to yourself, I'm not qualified to be on the school board, I'm not qualified for city council, have the confidence of a Marjorie Taylor Greene and just go for it. The worst thing is you're going to lose, but the best thing is is you're going to win. And if you win, you can completely change the future of the place where you live. And that is something that I don't think a lot of people are able to say. But in Nebraska, if you're a Democrat and you're secular or any of the above, you're secular or you're Democrat, filling in your name on that ballot, getting elected is just one of the most amazing things that you can do because you can really make a huge change and that's not something that a lot of folks think about when you think about one person making a change. Nebraska is one of those places where one person can make a massive change. And we have an election coming up on uh, Tuesday, June 28th, mm-hmm. 2022. Uh, first special election in uh, Nebraska since 1951 with uh, Jeff Fortenberry's seat having been vacated and uh, Republican Mike Flood versus uh, Democrat uh, Patty Panzing-Brooks. And if there is anything you can do to help Patty, do it. She is, she's amazing. And we're so excited to have her running. Um, I know that the Nebraska Democratic Party has many postcards. They have so many things that you can do to help and reach out. The Nebraska Democratic Party Block Captain Program, you can reach out to Gina Frank. Um, It's Gina at NebraskaDemocrats.org. Please don't quote me on that. I might be wrong on that address, but I think that's correct. Um, But just anything you can do to get the word out, post on Facebook, talk to your, your friends, talk to your coworkers, get a plan to vote, take people with you. It is just so important this year, um, this year is probably one of the most important years to vote and and to make sure that your voice is heard. One vote, people say, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote matters. Every single vote matters. And for every person who says their vote doesn't matter, there's thousands of other people saying the same thing. But if you all got together and voted, it would it would make a huge change. And that website address was correct, nebraskademocrats.org. says, help Senator Patty Panzing Brooks to victory, Congressional District 1 special election on Tuesday, June 28th. And some other contact information, there's also Nebraska Democratic Party on Facebook, as well as Lancaster County uh, Democratic Party. Then uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska on Facebook. Um, uh, Secular Democrats of America, also on Facebook, along with their website, seculardems.org, and on Twitter, uh, secular, at seculardemsofne. And uh, thank you very much, Rachel, for uh, being on the show and uh, sharing uh, your experience with Secular Democrats of Nebraska. It is my pleasure, Brian, and thank you for having me. It's just been a, a joy to be here. Thank you. And this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all.